Crime Curious is a true crime podcast that takes an in-depth look into real cases. The content may be triggering or inappropriate for some audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Crime Curious. I'm Charnel. And I'm Amber. And I'm going to wrap up What the F Part 2 week. Yeah. Because we've had a What the F theme before. We have. But now we're just bringing it again because there's a lot of it. Let's thank one of our Patreons who happened to just post this case. It was like a quick synopsis in our Patreon-only group. If you'd like to be a Patreon of ours, go to crimecurious at patreon.com. And when you sign up for a membership, which gets you extra content, by the way, uh, each month, you also get access to our private Facebook group. And it is a good time. It is. We have a great time in that group. We have a lot of fun posts just by just from Patreons, too. Yes, yes. And one of them was like this quick synopsis of my case that I'm going to do today. It looks as though it was from like a true crime calendar, daily calendar, which I want to get my hands on that. That's <laughs> for sure. Cool. For sure. And she was like, this could be a fun case to cover. And you're right, because I fell down a rabbit hole and told Amber, I'm, I am covering it. Of course, our Patreon picks get covered, you know, faster than anybody else's. They but. do. And just the, the snippet of what she had covered or posted, it, it sounded like a good one. So I'm excited to hear it. Yep. It's from our um, Patreon, Amber. She was like, case suggestion. I've never heard of this one. And when I read it, I'm like, okay, yeah, this is awesome. But it is a historical. This took place in the 1600s. Oh. So I'm going to bring you some history, too. So, and I, I like covering cases that are older like this because I feel like we can be a little bit more nonchalant mm-hmm. without feeling insensitive sometimes yeah. to people. So. so we have a little bit of history and a little true crime. Yes. So I'm going to tell you the story of Anne Green. I do know that she was born around 1628. Okay. We're going way back, people. Way back. She was born in Steeple Barton, Oxfordshire. Taking that in. Oxfordshire is actually how you say it. We say Shire over here in Americas, but it is Oxfordshire. Uh, Okay. In her early adulthood, she worked as a scullery maid in the house of Sir Thomas Reed, who was a justice of the peace, and they lived in Duns Two. T-E-W. Oh. I know. I, I'm just loving all of this right. so far. I don't love that she has to be a scullery maid because that sucks. That sounds icky. It, it, it really was. And like any other scullery maid of the 1600s, she was working hard. And she herself said that when she was 22 years old and younger, she was often solicited by fair promises and other sort of enticements by men. But particularly Sir Thomas's grandson, Geoffrey Reed. Oh. So if you can just kind of picture that, we have a grandson of the Justice of the Peace who is, you know, the Lord of the House, if you will. Right. So he probably thought he was something Big special. Shit? Of yeah. course he did. Absolutely. So, He's sounds like Sir it. Thomas's grandson, Geoffrey, Geoffrey. Reed. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. And she's a scullery maid. 
I picture so, him with like the like the Monopoly mustache, like mm, absolutely so fancy. Except this grandson is only 16, 17 years old, so I don't know how much facial oh, hair okay. he could grow. <laughs> Scratch the the stash. But Sir Thomas probably has a rock and stash For sure. going. For sure. And now I have seen I've seen this go in there's limited resources here, guys. This I'm is a sixteen sure. hundreds case. So the fact that I could even get as much as I did, I felt pretty accomplished. Not gonna lie, you're probably looking back like on stone records for sure. Just <laughs> like like, like carved, it was carved in. into the stone. Some pamphlets that we're gonna get to. That's the only reason we know about this case, actually. And I will get to that because I brought that information as well. What I have seen is that she herself has said that she was seduced by Joffrey, the grandson. Okay. Okay. But I also have seen in sources that she was raped. Now, if you think about the times, she's 22. This kid is 16 and or 17, but he is authoritative mm-hmm. in the house. Yes. He's the grandson of the, the Lord. The justice. The justice of peace. of peace. Okay, so he definitely has entitlement going on. And she is a maid. Okay, it's like the same old song and dance we've seen time and time again, except... Time, these times were brutal oh, I bet. for women in general, but especially someone that is of that class of society, Ugh. a maid. She doesn't have a choice. Either way that it went, I also think that she would have been hesitant to claim that it was raped because of the way that sing, that young single women were viewed of the time, which we will get to as well. So either way... They end up having sex, whether it was consensual or not. As it happens, you know, it's a tale as old as evolution. Tale as old as time. That she was beautiful. Perfect. Thank you. That was, that was Musical perfect. career. Still waiting on it. <laughs> I suck at communications, but I'll, Words. <laughs> I'll try to sing my way through this. Anyway, sperm does find mm. the egg. It always does. And it did multiply and life was created. Yes. Now, it's reported that Anne did not know that she was with child oh. at all. Oh, no. Until she went into labor when she was <gasps> stirring a vat of malt. Now, back oh. in this time, malt was primarily used for alcohol purposes, but it also was used in some other various things like um, cleaning things and different types of foods and whatnot. And when I say a vat of malt, like we're not talking a pot on a stove. We are talking <laughs> there are multiple like, people Fit stirring. a family of 10 into the, the vat. At least. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. Like picture this. She's like down Probably in the triggered dungeons. Probably her labor. Yeah. She's like, Ugh. It 100% did, and we will get to that. Oh, okay. That, that actually helps her case later on, but she is stirring away with this vat of malt, realizes something's not right, and excuses herself to what was called at the time the house of office, which we would call an outhouse. Oh, oh, they why called it. Why don't we call it that anymore? Now, haven't you heard people say, excuse me, I got to go to the office when they're going to drop yes, a load yeah. in the shitter, <laughs> right? I think that might be where that came from. I demand that we bring this yes, back. the house of office. Yes. That's from now on. It is so fancy. It is. Especially if considering what it was, like of the times, yes. an outhouse in the 1600s. Oh, I bet people. it was so disgusting. This is barbaric. 
And so but what a way to lighten the, you know, the term. For sure. The we situation. Got, we have to flower everything up with language at the time. So pardon me as, as the Lord goes to the house mm-hmm. of office yes. to drop his load. Yeah. To excrete the uh, sediment from his bowels. Right, from inside. Mm-hmm. So she, there inside. she is. Sorry, go pro, proceed. Well, she, so she's at the office, excuses herself to the office. Uh-huh. And I'm, we've been in labor before. For those of you who haven't or for our men listening who've never been in labor, you do feel a compelling urge to push in your bowel region when you are yeah, about to extract a baby. I'm sure she was probably in there wondering um, what in what the is, pressure of my vagina is going on. She, she's probably like, what in the mother load yes. of all dumps? <laughs> Never had this? a poop like this <laughs> yeah. before. Yeah, yeah. It hurts everywhere, and why is my vagina involved? Yes. What is Gary she going on? She must have been terrified to not know. Absolutely. She's 22 years old. She's She is literally in the shitter. I mean, <laughs> yeah. this is worst case And scenario. what a horrible place to go into labor. The 1600s in general are a horrible place to go into labor, but definitely in an outhouse. Good call. <laughs> Unfortunately, the baby boy was very premature, which is likely because of all the manual labor that she was doing day in and day out. Oh, how sad. It's approximated that it was about 17 weeks along or so. So at at first I was kind of like, okay, now she knew she wasn't, she was no longer getting her woman's troubles each month Mm -hmm. so I'm surprised she didn't know that she was pregnant but at the same token in this time and not knowing much about her early childhood she may not have ever been told that when someone stops I mean I'm sure they had a very flowery word for menstruation for sure I'm sure you know yes we can't just call it a something like you know what directly what it is right exactly or the horrific female curse (laughs) but um I'm I'm sure she wasn't probably not educated enough to know that that would even be a sign. But at the same token, if she was only 17 weeks along, she might have only missed two. Not everyone, and not everyone stops menstruating either when they're pregnant. So that's true. I mean, even not that long ago, we had I didn't know that I was pregnant. Show. I mean, so, and that was in our times. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So 1600s. I mean, no, she's not having a healthy diet. She's the, you know, she's she's a maid. Is it scuttle maid? Scullery maid. Scullery maid. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Scuttle works too. (laughs) It really does. It fits pretty well. It does. And so here she is. Now, the child was still born. Yeah. Again, probably because of the times and the way, I mean, her body, she's more than likely malnourished. She's, she's not, it's not like she has the good maid jobs where she's like dressing the ladies of the house and right. gets to be she, fed better and all that. She is literally, like the dirty jobs. yeah, the scholarly maids are the ones that are doing the bottom of the barrel shit that no one else wants to be doing. I'm not going to lie. Like even the term, it just sounds like mm-hmm. lower. Fa- it does. You know. It does. It's just so, oh, it's horrible. So she panics. 
She does not know what to do with this sudden. She thinks she's going to take the biggest poop of her life, and she delivers a stillborn baby boy. Oh, that's so sad. Really In this outhouse, and she's supposed to get back to her vat of malt. Right. Oh, my God. Right. Like, she just excused herself to go to the bathroom. So she is due back and is being held accountable to someone. So in her panic, she buries the baby near a cesspit, which a cesspit is a waste pit, essentially. Okay. Not far away from where the outhouse was, of course. And before we get all 2021 judgmental on Anne, I'm going to Let's take a historical feelings inventory. Mm-hmm. Okay. Before we, can we? Yeah. Please. Okay. Of course. In this time, single women were basically considered the devil sent to tempt man and become, in like, if you became pregnant while single, so you are unwed, now that is the sin of all sins right there. Oh, for sure. It was also illegal. Oh, my gosh. So... If the child died when you were an unmarried woman, automatically you're accused of murder because they would not accept that there might be like a medical reason, anything like that. The woman's character is already tarnished because she was an unwed mother. So she would, of course, commit murder to try to hide it because it's illegal and, you know, and you don't want everyone knowing your character that you are having intercourse without the vows even though it takes the penile oh member yes. in this but they are not shamed this my my actual sentence i wrote makes total patriarchy sense doesn't it i'm of... getting that rashy huffy feeling again mm-hmm. this makes me so mad i feel like it's taken us so long to get away from this this shaming of like oh i'm she's not married Right. Having a, a or, child. Or the fact that men ran around like they owned women and raped them all the time. Yes. Which would make them be with child, but we're going to blame the woman. This reminds me of the, like the Carrie baby case that I yes. did where she miscarries and is accused of murder. Yeah. Like, it, I mean, it, that wasn't even super long ago no. with that one. And let's take and not forget the fact that birth control is not medically thriving. Okay. No. In this time. No, it's, it's probably the 1600s. Not. The living conditions were not thriving. Or, like I said earlier, the morals. So that a man can just rape a woman and then she'll be held accountable when her his sperm meets her egg. Oh, my gosh. It's so infuriating. So, of course, she's going to try to hide this. She knows no one will believe her that the baby was born, stillborn. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Yeah, she's like, she's done for if they find out. Yes. Yes. Of course. We're, think about it. We're at the Justice of the Peace House where there are maids and there are landscapers. There are people everywhere doing a job. And there's always someone watching. This is like some Game of Thrones shit going on. Okay. Like, so there's somebody monitoring to make sure that everybody's doing their jobs. Always. There are always people around, always watching, always judging, and a little bird tattles to Sir Thomas Reed himself of what they witnessed of her burying the baby. They find the baby. It's pretty quickly when they find the baby. Now, this is where I'm going to say, you know, snitches get stitches. Right. Like, <laughs> we, need, we need that right now. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Just kidding, but. 
Anyway, so so somebody tells. Yep, someone tells. Now, the good sir did hear Anne's pleas. Good sir. The good good sir. Absolutely. Because she uh, um, um, didn't even try to hide it. Like, you know, she went back to her vat of Malt. malt. And when they came to question her about it, she admitted it, said that the child was stillborn, explained that, and here's her downfall, I think. I personally think, but she explained that Sir Thomas's grandson Joffrey, this that really is like a, a shithead name it in Game of Thrones. Just so if pompous have, and like like a little wiener name for sure. And in Game of Thrones, <laughs> Joffrey Joffrey is a son of the big house, and he's an asshole. Is, like, see, I've never I've never watched oh it. God. I should, but I've, it'll consume like six months of your life okay. when you go. So you have so to need have to a set time aside. commitment. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Yeah, because and it's fabulous, but it's going to suck your life away for a little while. All right, I need to like pre-schedule that time for myself. Yeah, so I can get into it for sure. You really, really do, and it's just so funny because a character in there's name was Joffrey too, and that is where I think Anne's downfall was was that Sir Thomas was like, "Oh no, you are not going to throw my grandson and my family oh, reputation sure. into this." So, nope, we're not going to believe you that this child was stillborn. I'm going to have you arrested for killing, for murdering the baby. And we'll get to that, to the act in just a second. Oh, my gosh. Um, so Man, they must have really, somebody was like in the bushes watching or something. On the grounds of the House of Lords, there's always someone watching. She must, she couldn't have even went to like that office privately right nope no there's no privacy in the office and so it's not gonna do we're not gonna have this reputation tarnished right so he has her charged with what's known under the infanticide act so it's like you committed infanticide that sounds infanticide okay oh okay okay it's hard to say infanticide infanticide okay gotcha I get what you're saying now. I was like, that sounds like a chemical. Then. Right. No, it's like, you, okay. you, you killed murdered an the child. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm on your level now. And I did see in another source that she was prosecuted under the Concealment of Birth of Bastards Act of oh 1624. I am laughing out of like anger. That is an act. The <gasps> Concealment of Birth of Bastards <laughs> And it was an act that it was was enacted in 1624. Oh, no. Yes. Concealment of the birth of bastards. This is just <laughs> history, y'all, is crazy. I, I would have um, been under that act, I think, because I uh, was not married. Yeah. Oh, yeah. When you I had my son. You could have been tried under the... <laughs> the con- well, did best. you try to conceal it, though? You know, concealment no, of the birth of I bastards. Okay, gotcha. I didn't. So This is so crazy to me. Yep. I just, my heart breaks for the way people had to live with oh, some me of too. these things. Me too. Oh my gosh. Yes. So that act states that there is a legal presumption that a woman who concealed the death of her illegitimate child must have murdered it. There's like no other. There's no other consideration. She killed. She killed the baby. No like health concerns considered. Nothing. 
Exactly. Especially of the times. No. My That's God. all they've got. More babies had to have died than lived. Oh, my For gosh. that matter. For sure. If in it's, this time. It was probably so rough. So they yeah. not only babies were probably dying. And then they're just like, oh, well, she killed it. So yeah. she's got to go to. Because she's unmarried. Oh now, if gosh. she had been married and had, the, this wouldn't be an issue. Literally <laughs> the same, give the same situation. If she had been a married scullery maid who had given birth unexpectedly in an outhouse and had buried it and someone saw her bury it they and go, they questioned fine. her about it, it's they fine. would believe that it was still born because she was married. How stupid are the humans? I can't, I can't do it. I can't do it. I just, I want to no. make merch that says we don't deserve to be at the top of the food chain. Wow. We are so stupid. <laughs> yeah. So the Infanticide Act, okay, made it illegal for unmarried women to conceal the birth of a child, and it put her under immediate suspicion of murder if the child died during birth or soon after. So those that's the two different acts. I am not sure which one she was actually tried under. I've seen it both ways in many different, not many different, there's not a ton of sources on this, but I, I did find it both ways, so... A BYU women's studies group did interview a professor of, of history and English on about this case just to get some historical, you know, information. And I really, this was Dr. Marina Leslie. This is what she said about, basically about the public acts, whether it was one or the other, I'm not sure, but. Her quote was, public attitudes towards unmarried mothers for much of the 17th century were neither generous nor forgiving. And the Infanticide Act of 1624, same thing, same year that's mentioned in the concealment of the birth of bastards. So they really might be one in the same. Right. Okay. Under which uh, Anne Green was convicted, illustrated an increase in the concern of the public that... Infant, infanticide was a rising epidemic. Okay, so like they know their babies are dying. And so they're just chalking up anything to unwed mothers as murder. But the rest of it, if they're married, they're like, oh, why are fine. these babies dying? We have an epidemic. Unmarried mothers were presumed guilty unless they could provide a witness that the child died at birth or of natural causes to prove their innocence. Leslie said that the act was a measure to discourage immorality, especially among servants. Servants. Think of the irony in that. Who got immorality. taken Absolutely. Oh, this, this makes me so mad. Yes. Like you are, because you are a young single woman working as a maid or a servant in any capacity, since you are not married, you we consider nothing else but that you are immoral because you're not married if you are having sex of some sort or being raped even oh my gosh oh my can it's you think horrible. of how many people how many women probably died because of this for no reason i do, I do get to that actually cuz what happens to anne is really extraordinary and it's like it went against the law and it went against Everything that typically happened to women in her position. So we'll get to that in a second. But she said single women in service were regarded as dangerously mobile. They were untethered from family supervision and to some degree financially independent. As such, 
already suspect in exceeding and evading the social and legal codes regarding female decorum. Now, you know this hits a nerve for me because I am a single parent. Mm -hmm. So I'm over here like, this is absolute crap. I get it. This is the 1600s. So it's like, this is where we're at. But I'm also like, why, really? Why were we ever why here? Why were we ever here? Exactly. Yep. Who came up with this crap? Right. The uh, patriarchy. Yes. You are so dangerous because you are a single woman, not tethered I to am family mobile. supervision. I'm moving around. I am your dangerous. Daddy, your daddy's not watching your every moon move and chaperoning you around the male species, you harlot. <laughs> Spreading my legs left and right. Yes. Up and down. Which you must be. Oh my gosh, this is horrible. Just horrible. Uh, so, regardless of what, the, of, of what it was, her trial began in the beginning of December 1650. Now, the pregnancy happened in the spring. She was only 17 weeks along approximately when she gave birth. So, they moved fairly quickly on the trial. Oh, I bet the trial was a hoot. Oh, I'm sure it was super fair. Did they have the wigs back then, or was yeah. that too too soon? No, like, I think too they early. had the wigs. The Ben Franklin wigs? Yeah. Like, now, hear ye. Hear ye. That's hear what I picture. Ye. Now come to order. The, so, the cons- uh, We have Anne Green yes. being accused under act in the pump. concealment of the birth of bastards. Picture. <laughs> I'm picturing you in a Ben Franklin wig right Absolutely. now, and I don't hate it. If I just put my hair in a low pony, <laughs> you're a founding father. I, I am. I never wear it like that. Some I do history look buff like is listening to us. Like, who are you? For sure. Sorry, we are not a historical no, podcast I, right now. It's we obvious. are not. But we're having fun <laughs> right. with it. So we have our strengths, histories, and dates. Not nope. one of them. No. Nope. No. 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 She. Like everyone else who came before her that was tried under these acts, she was found guilty, regardless of the lack of evidence that she had murdered her child. There was it's nothing. Like, why even have no a trial? Because you're going to be guilty. Think about it. First of all, they have the infant, so they can see he's underdeveloped. Okay. Now, they could tell at that time whether or not the child had ever taken a breath. They weren't, we weren't so far. Okay, so they could tell that. Yes, and I know that because of what happens later. So they know. It never did. Right, that this child was not alive and could not have possibly been. But it didn't matter because Sir Thomas wanted his justice to hide the real scandal in the family. That Joffrey had a liking, he had a little taste for the scullery maids. Mm-hmm. All right? I'm sure it wasn't his first rodeo. Of course not. Give me a break. Ace did sentence her to death by the gallows because back in the 1600s, these people didn't play. I guess not. Yeah. So then her hanging took place on December 14th, 1650, which is where you're probably like, okay. How do we have any more to cover, Charnel? You just told me that she was hung. Now, I want to give you some historical perspective on what hangings were like in the 1600s, if you'll go on a little tour with me. I'm scared, but... You should be. Um, Like many hangings of the time, Anne's did not proceed well. Now, math was not used to calculate things like height, weight, rope length, 
Okay. Um, so they, it was just a, like, we're winging it. Yeah, we're going to tie this rope around someone's neck, and we're just going to drop we'll them. see what happens. And just hope for the best here, Ooh. people. Or the worst, if you think about it. It is very gruesome. Oh, my gosh. I couldn't have made it in these times. You neither. I could not have made it. There is no way. And if reincarnation is a, is a thing... I'm super glad I don't remember. Oh, if living it is, in these times. I probably didn't make it past like thirteen. No, me neither. I need a good skincare regimen. Mine was probably something really stupid, like I ate a plant I shouldn't <laughs> yeah. have. Same, That's same, just over and over again. My guardian angel is probably like, "Stop Come with the foliage." On. <laughs> Stop with the foliage. <laughs> At this time, hanging. And throughout history, became much more of a common way to execute someone over beheading because hanging had easy materials. You know, think about it. You need a rope. You need a tree and a ladder or like actual gallows that are built out of lumber, which is easy to find. Okay. You know, you can make yourself a little... I don't even plank and whatever it is, but it's it's easy enough to f- have the materials, whereas you need an executioner that has the right type of axe and the will to Ew. behead someone, not right. to mention then you have to clean up the beheading. So hanging became a very popular form of execution, but it's not nearly as efficient or humane as a beheading is. Okay? I was going to say it's probably for the, for the person being... Uh, beheaded a lot quicker for sure and guaranteed because what's happening at these times during these haphazard hangings it could take hours oh my god hours oh that's awful it was not i had to look it up because i wanted to know when did we start calculating when did we start using math to figure out a more humane way it wasn't until 1872 when william marwood introduced the concept of accurately calculated drop for um, executions. And he has like a scientifically worked out way of giving prisoners to mm-hmm. like height. Is that where the, so that's where the height yes. weight. Calculating height, weight and length drop of the rope. Okay. And what was needed. So we went just a couple hundred years with we did many, many, many hundred years of just haphazardly. Oh, well, that didn't go well. Yep. Now, this concept had been developed by doctors in Ireland and was used there by the mid-1850s, but it wasn't until 1872 when William Marwood, like, really tweaked it and made it, like, this easier formula for people in different prisons or different houses, lords, and all these things to kind of figure out. So it was quite barbaric, and Anne knew this was the case, okay, Hangings were a public display. It's part of the um, sentence to be publicly shamed like this. Yeah. So hangings were well attended events, which is disgusting to me. Isn't when you it? Think it was about like it. a big deal. Yes. And so Anne herself knew this is a horrific way to die. So she asked her friends to ensure that she could die quickly. Asked them to hang off from her body asked them to hit her body, do anything that they could to ensure that she did not just hang there and suffer. That's so sad. Absolutely. She's like planning this. And this is very common. This is not Mm. uncommon. If you have somebody, if you're sentenced to the gallows and you have somebody who cares about you, and then think about being that person 
Who cares? I mean, yeah, that has to do right. That if for you had them? been sentenced to death and you ask me to hang on your body, oh my think God, of you physically having to do that. You wouldn't be able to help me because you're so <laughs> small. I would suffer for hours. We would just be swinging back and forth. Yeah, and eventually I'm going to be like, we. <laughs> I'm so glad we're not in these times. Me too, because damn. You would be like a fucking tree tire swing, and I'm just riding you back. I'd be talking to you I like, think you would. it's not. Come working. on now, like go go get somebody else. I need I need a heftier person here. Seriously, why didn't you wear your heavy dress today, Charnel? Um, you really really would. Oh my god! So sad though. It is, and I mean, just to think about like the different family members that would have had to do that—wives for husbands, husbands for wives. I mean, and this any, it sounds like it happened all the time. All the time, your what own is child. With these I old mean, just, times like oh, even when we some of the cases we have, if there was a murder, the town was there, like mm-hmm. in and out of the house. Like oh, we we got to see this. Yes, they're just trampling through all the crime scenes. Yep. So so this is what Anne sets up for herself before. Now, her trial was at the beginning of December, and her hanging took place December 14th. Oh, my God. They did not waste any time. They did not mess around. When they had someone sentenced to the gallows, God damn it, they took them to the gallows. I guess so. So this is a quote that was actually taken from one of the pamphlets that's later written about this. I'll explain those in a bit. Quote, she was turned off the ladder, hanging by the neck for the space of almost half an hour. Some of her friends in the meantime, thumping her on the breast with a musket. Others hanging with all their weight upon her legs, sometimes lifting her up and then pulling her down again again with a sudden jerk. Whereby the sooner to like quickly to dispatch her out of her pain. Aww. Now, the undersheriff, fearing that they would break the rope, made them stop doing that any longer. Thanks a lot, undersheriff. Yeah. Eventually, Green appeared to expire, and she was cut down. Her body was given to William Petty, a surgeon and anatomical researcher that was then based in Oxford. All right. She was placed in a coffin. She was deliver- delivered to William Petty. Petty also had, so her body, Anne's body, was going to be dissected for medical science. That's what they were going to do with it. Now, the other, there's another man, Thomas Willis, who attended what was going to be her dissection. And it was reported that this was his first time attending a medical dissection. Oh, boy. Okay. Uh I can't imagine how that would go in the 1600s either. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Now, this was not William Petty's first time, of course, but he's training. The um, new guy. Yep, Thomas Willis. All right. Okay. It was Thomas that's not only his first dissection, but he also started to notice that it seemed a little weird, but Anne was moving. (gasps) So he's like, I know this is my first time. Right. First, first dissection. Pardon my ignorance here. Right, but are they supposed to still be breathing slightly? Oh gosh! And uh, doc, you know, William Petty was like, "Nope, this is this is not normal for a corpse. This woman is still alive, Talk. albeit she's faintly breathing, has a faint pulse." Oh my gosh! Talk about a uh, your first day on the job. Woo! 
It's a doozy. That is. I would need a a glass of wine Mm -hmm. to wind down after that. Although I was reading recently a very interesting article um, out of another country that was doing some research on a body farm and discovered that corpses actually do move. Um, after oh. after death for like, like there's like neurological things in this particular corpse that she was photographing over a span of 30 days or something like that. Don't quote me on the time frame, but it was quite some time had passed. The corpse's arms had moved up. It had, oh. They had started down by her by its body, moved all the way up past its head and then moved back down oh almost gosh. like a snow angel like motion. If How you know what those are. How could she do this? I would have been. Piecing out. Well, but think about it. How many times in investigations do we use where the corpse is, how the corpse's body is laying as oh. important investigative information? Oh gosh, I never thought of that. And now, and this is like all very, very recent. So now there's more that we need to learn about how corpses behave post-mortemly. Well, of course, post-mortemly, they wouldn't be a corpse if it wasn't. Sorry, that was dumb. But <laughs> no, it makes sense, though. Like how the actions yes. afterwards, people may right. not know. Right. If they're found like with their arms above their head and it's just assumed that they were placed that way when really that might not have been their actual position at the I'm time of death. Read so up on this. This gives me the creeps, though. Yeah. Yeah. So we move. It was up. It, it was a span of a really long time, you guys, where I was like, are you kidding me? We're still... We're still We're moving. Still moving. Mm-hmm. So just in what the theory is, is as the muscles decompose, they're releasing and contracting and that sort of thing. And that's how they initially are thinking it's happening. So it's just it's just very important information because of the way that we use position of the body during homicide investigations. Oh, yeah, for sure. So anyway, a little sidetrack. But so when he asks like, should she be moving? I guess it's not a completely ignorant question. If he would have known what we just, you know, right. found out. Right. So what they immediately do is begin attempting to revive Anne, which I think is ironic considering she was sentenced to death. Right. And they have her to, to dissect her and and she's still alive. So they're like, let's save her. It sounds like they're decent people. They, they really, really are. And we'll get back to that. But Petty and Willis got the help of two other colleagues, Ralph Bathurst and Henry Clark, and they they start doing what 1600s doctors know to do to revive someone from the brink of death. First, they pour hot and cordial oh, no. spirits into her mouth, causing her to cough. Yes, yes. <gasps> oh, I found, my goodness. I, I'm going to take you through what they did to revive her and I'm, but I'm going to sh- tell you what both pamphlets that were written on this, that were the historical pamphlets that were written on this case, because they both do a good job of describing it, but they use different language that I'm like, I got, I want you to know it all. Oh, please, all, all please of the language. Do share. Why am I envisioning a process like on Dumb and Dumber when Harry tries to do CPR on the guy? Yes, it's very similar. <laughs> Pushing. The yes. Feet yep. Mm-hmm. It gets better. So after they they pour the hot and cordial spirits into her mouth, causing her to cough, then they open her stiffened bent fingers and had bystanders rub her limbs for about a quarter of an hour. More spirits Mm. were administered. Get the spirits! You know, if I'm having an off day, I would like you to pour hot 
portal, portal spirit spirits down into your, me. Absolutely. Please. I will. <laughs> it I sounds will. like a good rejuvenating experience. And then I will rub all your limbs. Yes, please Which do. Which you know what it reminds me of is how when, um, like for example, little puppies are born and they're not breathing at oh, first. So they you stimulate, rub them. Yeah, 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 stimulate them. That's what I believe that they're doing here. Okay. Is trying I don't hate st- it. Yeah, stimulation. I don't think that that sounds really crazy. No. Then we're about to get to crazy, though. It gets weird. <laughs> more spirits were administered. You know, give me more whiskey. So many spirits. Yes, give me the spirits. Yep. A feather was used to tickle her throat. <laughs> you know, the throat that they just fucking had to have damaged. Burnt with their hot spirits. Well, not only that, but think about the rope. She hung for a half oh, an God. hour, Amber. Yes. So if I could talk, I would have been like, get the feather off my fucking throat. There is rope burn. You've damaged my vocal cords. Oh, my Because I hung gosh. there for a half an hour. They're like, she's not responding. Get the feather. Get the feather. Tickle the throat. And why her throat of all the places? Tickle a foot first. Right. I mean, my gosh. So, she it worked, though. The tickling oh, of the throat worked. It was of probably course so it did. annoying. For she's sure. like, what the fuck? <laughs> Get that out of my mouth. I was trying to cross over and you bastards just pulled me back with this feather. Right. So she opens her eyes briefly and then they did bloodletting. Okay. Which I want to. Tell me more. I'm going to give you a historical lesson on bloodletting from the 1600s. Okay. Now this is the withdrawal of blood from a patient to prevent or to cure an illness or disease. Bloodletting, whether by a physician or by leeches, was oh. based on an ancient system of medicine in which in which blood and other bodily fluids were regarded as humors that had to remain in proper balance to maintain health. It is claimed to have been the most common medical practice performed by surgeons Ugh. from antiquity until the late 19th century, a span over 2,000 years. That's from Wikipedia. I was going to say, I've, I've heard of the leeches Me and too. like maggots being mm-hmm. used for, for wounds and mm-hmm. what, ugh, yuck. Yep. I would have, um, just saying... Lord, take me. Yeah, please. It's in the Lord's hands. No feathers and no leeches for me. You are not putting a leech on me. I will, I will give it to the Lord. Well, then they tried to raise her body temperature by placing her in a well-warmed bed with soothing oils applied to her body. Okay. Sign me up for that. Some homeopathic things going on here. Then they did more spirits on her head, neck, and soles of her feet. They placed a heating plaster onto her chest then they went ahead and administered an enema. If I'm so far gone that you're going to administer an enema to bring me back, let me go, Amber. You know, before I was like, okay, this sounds like some like some Reiki going on, like Little some natural. I'm like, I'm liking this. And then and I then, gave you an enema. Then we you hit me with an enema. Yep, and I wasn't ready for nope. it. Nope. Nope. I'm and I oh mean that'll make my eyes pop open, Ooh. but it doesn't mean I want to be here. <laughs> For sure. Yep. And oh, then this poor woman, not only did she have to go through this like pregnancy and the birth and the shitter, and now then we're the enema. Then the hanging. Don't forget about the hanging. Right. How could I forget? <laughs> How she we was got just, here. Yes. To begin with. Oh my gosh, this is awful. Yes. Now she has something shoved up her anal cavity. First of all, you're tickling her with a feather where the wound is. Now you are shoving... What I can only assume is a barbaric 
enema. It's not a little pill like you see today. And uh, you know they didn't have lube back then. No. Uh, They're not worried about that right now. They also had many women lie with her in bed, gently rubbing her. Takes it to a kinky place. Yeah, this is getting a little spicy. Yes. Now, this was another explanation of what they did to her, which is, is very... Very similar, but they poured hot cordial down her throat, rubbing her limbs and extremities. They applied leeches for bloodletting. And the um, poultice, it was called a poultice to her breast. That's the the warmed, like, cast. Uh, I, I'm just, like, picturing it cast out of, like, it, a plaster, a, an, you know, a, a 1600s plastery, like, okay, thing so that they like warmed warm up. Thing. Yeah, it's like this chest plate that's, like, warmed it probably felt good. It was called heating odiferous clyster. So they also were using like different scents. Well, like we use smelling salts to bring people back. It is like that concept. But oh. it is, that's what that plastered, that heated plaster thing that went on her chest. It was odiferous okay. as well. So it had some sort of smelling. Smell. Yes. Releasing some sort of scent that's supposed to revive a human. Oh, gosh. I shudder to think of what that scent it was. Is, oh, oh, yeah. Because it said to be cast up on her body to give heat and warmth to her bowels. <laughs> Which, you know what? Sometimes <laughs> the scent of coffee does go straight to my bowels. Oh, there know. is a coordination between our... Nasal? Oh, gosh, sorry. <laughs> you got going on over here. excited about that. Between our nasal cavity and our anus. <laughs> Tell me there's not. Every person who drinks coffee knows exactly what I'm talking about right now. Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. I am speaking your language. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a lot of things for CPR. I, yes, this is their life-saving measure, measures. The physicians then placed her in a warm bed with other women who rubbed her to keep her warm. She, God bless them. <laughs> Just like a little, I've, I've rubbed piglets on the farm before to bring them, you know, revive them. You're going to tell works. me they took their clothes off too. To I think sure they did. Skin to skin. Cut. Yes. That's the best way this. to heat someone up. I think they knew that in the 1600s. I think we had some creepers in the 1600s. Like, uh, yeah. Um, um, hey, you there. Uh, take your clothes off, women. ladies. Yep. Get in bed with yes. her. Start rubbing her all over. All of her extremities. Yes. This will save her. Get her bowels going. You guys are lifesavers. Those bowels are stimulating. I, right. I'll administer the enema. It's cool, everyone. So uh, this, this is, is the just, cra- here's the crazy thing. She, Anne, began to recover quickly, beginning to speak after 12 to 14 hours, which was probably like, stop rubbing me. Get that out of my ass. For sure. For the love of Christ. Stop with the enemas. Yes, this poor woman. It's like, I feel so bad for her. Fucking feather. Quit with the feather. Oh my gosh. That's why she was forced to speak to tell these people to knock it off. Stop it. Now, oh, poor Anne. She also started eating solid food. <laughs> it's so bad. Just picturing so many things going on. Like, Who the fuck are these women <laughs> naked in bed with me? I was hanging by a rope one minute going to meet Jesus, and now, now I'm, I'm waking here. up naked with this heavy, gross-smelling plaster on my chest with other women rubbing my me. And why, and why does and my butt hurt? I got a feather in my mouth. Like, <laughs> Stop. Please stop. I feel like she'd be like, 
I pictured heaven differently. <laughs> you know she's talking like that. Yes, too. of course, because they let her hang for half an hour. Her voice hurts. Oh, for sure. Yeah, like this can't be heaven. There's, heaven is weird. <laughs> yeah. oh yes, gosh. like what the hell? Oh. So she miraculously started eating solid food after four days. Four wow. days. This is truly a miracle for this time, though, honestly, that oh, she is yeah. alive. And, and didn't die from the bloodletting, whatever was in that enema. <laughs> oh, I mean, God. All, so great. Now really she's got to shit herself for how many days oh, for that enema to stop? I mean, come on. Poor Anne. After one month, she had fully recovered. Wow. So, like, holy shit. So what you're saying is it worked. It did. That is exactly what I'm saying. Now, she wasn't a, to my understanding, she wasn't a big woman. So I don't know how much damage was done during the the um, hanging. But at the same token, her friends did extra things to try to kill her at her request. Right, right. Of course. So do you think that whole time she was probably like, wait, stop, it's not working? Like she had to have been remained. She went unconscious I, I do have information that um she had amnesia ab- about the whole execution oh, which thanks sure. the lord yeah that, that is such a blessing that our brains can do that because she does not remember being hanged oh and i'm glad yes but but instead she just wakes up to <laughs> a lot of things right to all of that and like this is weird. Right? How did I get here? Oh my gosh! Yeah. Now, at- I would have loved to be a fly on the wall, though. Just saying, like to watch all of this mm-hmm. unfold mm-hmm. as they save her life. Right? Wow. After her recovery, Anne went to stay with friends in the country, and she took her coffin with her as a memento. Oh my gosh! Because remember, they put her in a coffin to take her to the doctor to be. See, Donated now I just like her. She's like, I'm taking like, that. You know, or maybe I'm she was like, coffin. this shit's expensive, so I'm going to keep this right, for the future. Yeah, because I am going to need this yeah, eventually. need that mm-hmm. someday. I Even, feel like there should be a, she should have got a t-shirt like I went to the gallows and all I got was this lousy coffin. coffin. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Can that be our first merch? It probably should I be. I went to the gallows and all I got was this lousy coffin. Then Anne Green. Yes. We're just going <laughs> to. The quote Anne Green never actually said yes, but should have. but should have. <laughs> well, she, I mean, it did say that she took it as a memento of the entire ordeal. So I do think she had like her. a sense of humor about the situation. Uh, whoops, sorry. Now I'm getting all <laughs> excited over here. This is what is interesting too, though. She returned to the room where she was revived and crowds came to see her. At which case... Doctors, the pe- doctors Petty and Willis, who saved her life, they saw an opportunity to raise some money. So they, they did. They, like, almost made a spectacle out of mm-hmm. her, essentially. Like, you can pay to come see her. Yes. And they used that money to pay for Anne's food and lodging, as well as her medical bills. Aww. Which I just love that she has fucking medical bills. These are- I'm sorry. You try. You right? sentenced me to the gallows. Did a shitty job of killing me. Like here's your bill for the enema, feather, and orgy that yes. we provided for you. <laughs> exactly, because you know that um, Thelma 
cost more. She's a bigger <laughs> woman. She rubs harder. She's high demand. Yes. We had to charge extra. Yes. Oh, my gosh. That's crazy. But it sounds like we have some decent 1600s people okay. because they, they are. I was going to I was thinking, honestly, you were going to say because I believe there's no good in the world, clearly. But I was going to say, oh, they made profit. Mm-mm. Like they're going to make profit. on No, everybody. they no. used it to help Anne. And not only that, but they also used that money to help her apply for a pardon. Which is not something she would have been able to navigate on her own. And Dr. Petty found a midwife who was willing to testify during her pardon trial that the infant was far too young to have ever lived outside of the womb. So they finally, something that should have been done the first time around is someone testifying on her behalf to say this child clearly could not have lived. But remember, they had Sir Thomas wanting this woman dead to hide the family oopsies, okay? This time around, they did have an expert testimony, although expert testimony was not actually a thing in this time in 1600s, but they did have a midwife. But Petty found her, and she went and testified to verify this child could not have been alive. She did not murder this child. Good. Now, the authorities granted Anne Green a reprieve from her execution— um, while she was recovering, okay, they were allowing her, like, immediate. they were allowing her to recover, but they were still going to carry out the execution. Like, we're going to bring you back to life just to make you go through it oh all over again. Oh, my gosh. Yep, but they did ultimately end up pardoning her, believing, and this was something that Petty brought up, so another way that he's helping her, is that they believed that it was the hand of God that had saved her, so it demonstrated her innocence. Oh, yes. I love that. So they they were like, no, she did not actually murder this child. Look, what a miracle. But it was that doctor, Dr. Petty, that actually brought this all of this into fruition for her and have that person testify. And oh, he really helped her a lot. Yeah, he really did. Now, one pamphleteer... Which I had to look up what a pamphleteer is. I just is. love that. This is what you would have loved to have been in the 1600s if women were allowed to do anything other than household chores, which they right. weren't. Right. But it's a historical term used for someone who creates and distributes pamphlets. So they are, they're not bound like a book is. So they're inexpensive. Mm-hmm. And they were intended for wide circulation. Now, this is how we have any information on this case, is that there were two notable pamphleteers that put out these pamphlets about her miraculous recovery, and that's how people knew where to come to see her and how it all got, A, historically documented. So it's like the People also, magazine of today it or something. Was, it was Cosmo yes. of the 1600s. Like, did you get the latest pamphleteer? Yes. Yep. And green. Oh, my God. Yes, God saved her. See, people love their gossip even back then. Oh, 100%. That's what they thrived on. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the pamphlets notes that Sir Thomas Reed died three days after Anne Green's suppo- like supposed to be execution. So there was no one to object at the time of her pardon. Because remember, the first time around, it was, nope, she's guilty. She's going to die. 
The second time around, not only did they have the midwife to testify, but they also did not have Sir Thomas Reed ordering that she die anymore. So that could contribute to why she got a pardon. Mm -hmm. One pamphleteer wrote that her recovery, quote, moved some of her enemies to wrath and indignation insomuch that a great man amongst the rest moved to have her again carried to the place of execution to be hanged up by the neck, contrary to all law, reason, and justice. But some honest soldiers then then present seemed to very much discontent the threat and intervened on Green's behalf. So what this pamphleteer is saying is that she was sentenced to death a second time because she still had enemies in wrath that wanted to see her die but some good people stepped forward and stopped it yeah so there's there's two different kind of pamphlets on this relaying of the information mm-hmm. you know telephone over hundreds of years can get a little fuzzy for guys su- for sure so i wanted to give you both uh you know scenarios here but either way that she um, whether it was during her people stepping up for her during the trial, whatever, she did not get sentenced. She was she was granted a pardon. That's pretty incredible for for the times. The times. Interesting that you say that because remember when I talked about earlier about um, how BYU did women's studies program did uh, some interviews regarding this case from law, different professors and whatnot. They did say it's intriguing to consider the exoneration of Anne Green when her social class and status as an unwed mother was viewed with high levels of suspicion. Green's survival of her hanging was not unprecedented. That happened all the time. Hence why people that were going to the gallows often asked people, their loved ones, to help them die. Which is horrible. It was common to live through it and then be subsequently... Rehanged. Oh my gosh, that is so awful. So this this is honestly like a 1600s game changer kind of like it was. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because this had not happened before. If you were accused of one of those acts, you're done. Uh, yes, you will, and you don't die the first time around. No biggie. We'll do it again. You don't get a pardon. The professor said the law was clear that her sentence was to hang until dead, and it should not be assumed that the law had any predisposition to show tenderness to a woman who survived her hanging. She's like, that that did not happen. Um, seven years after the hanging of Anne Green, Robert Plott wrote an account of another woman's another woman who was accused of infanticide. She was hanged and revived. The doctor, the professor Leslie explained that the difference in this case is that when the young woman survived, she was not allowed to be exonerated. She was taken outside and hung again from the nearest tree until they were sure she was dead. Oh, my gosh. Now, as I said before, Anne Green's innocence came as a result of the efforts of Dr. William Petty, who found a midwife willing to testify that the baby had been stillborn. In Petty's account, Green was presented as an overworked servant girl who went into labor only four months after the conception of her child. The infant was not developed enough to survive, and so the death was not Green's fault. If anything, it was the fault of her master for overworking her. P- Dr. Petty made that Love him. realization. Yes. He was like all social worky and he was so ahead of his time. Like, oh my gosh, we need to like give William Petty some credit yes. for what he did Yes, because he was completely ahead of his time. I don't think if, it sounds like if it wasn't for him, she 
probably wouldn't have had this No, and that's, chance. that's actually what this article was saying, too. In proving the innocence of Green, Petty had another motive. Petty saw in Anne Green's res- resurrection an opportunity to bring attention and admiration both within and beyond Oxford to the extracurricular and largely marginalized activities of the Oxford Experimentalist Club. And at the same time, to, in, to ease tension between the largely loyalist faculty and the influx of parliamentary sanctioned scholars who were, in many cases, sent to replace them. So he was recognizing, what this is saying is he's recognizing at the time that there is a, a social club, a hierarchy social club, and there's also scholars that are coming forward at this time that deserve recognition and so there he is seeing this opportunity of like you had said like it was kind of a pivotal moment that to find to have her be able to be pardoned because let's use some scholarly information mm-hmm. about like for example she was overworked and went into premature labor and had this baby but your ex, you know experimentalist clubs because you're from a you know your royalty your so status high up there yes that you get to just determine what has happened to this child without any actual information yeah. any scholarly information because you look at this person as like a below because of their you. social status yep and she's unwed and so she must be immoral so he's like at this pivotal moment trying to explain let's use some scholarly resources here to determine. To bring it into the practices of law. I love this man. Yeah. See, yeah. we need William Petty's in all eras because they we are do. the ones that spark change. And yep. he sounds like an amazing Where are his ancestors? Guy. Yeah. Come do good in our world now. Props to him. Oh, my gosh. That's actually really amazing. I know. It, yeah. For the time for the that time. he did this that. This is 1651. So nobody was sounds like nobody was thinking along these no, lines. No, but it he was could all see it. Yep, it was all hierarchical social status that brought about your you know what happened to you. The professor Leslie also continued to say that Anne Green became immortalized in the pamphlet, which was called News from the Dead, and it included twenty five poems, some comparing Green to mythological fe- features, like figures. Excuse me, mythological figures like Orpheus. And this was in part to counter the rebellious levelers who had adopted her as a sort of symbol. So levelers were a group of of um, protesters during the English Civil War of 1642 that went all the way to 1651. Now, they were in favor of extending suffrage rights and religious tolerance to almost all members of the adult male population. Part of the publication in News from the Dead were to debunk the notion of Anne Green as a, you know, prophet, but also to satirize Green's situation and continue this doctrine that no one, that one can never trust a woman even when she is dead. So the the pamphlet ends up... Like it was set out to to try to continue this story of look at how dangerous an unwed woman who has a baby is when really what it did was drew attention to what the situation was and it Good. backfired. Good. Yeah. So 1651 was a better year for Anne. 
Oh, thank God. Okay. She's like 1650 was a real bitch, guys. Yeah. <laughs> it was a rough time for me. I did not successfully die, which that would be me. I won't even die correctly, just so you know. I'm going to really mess it up. I'm so but glad to hear things got better for her. Hopefully. They did. She married a man named John Taylor. And really, not a whole lot is known after that, except she did have three children. Oh, wow. But And, and we do know that she did die in childbirth, Oh, which is a weird, ironic it is. situation in 1665. So this was 51 to 65. So she had, you know, do the math. She got a little time, she got, hopefully, she got to have a better time. life. Hey, considering the times. It was probably a, a long time. She, yeah, yeah, she lived into her 30s. So, can you, you know. Imagine, uh, can you imagine, like, the generations of this family, like, got a little story for you. Right. Your great, Your, great, great, yes. great grandma. Back in six the 1600s. Yes. Oh, my yeah. gosh. This is This so makes me want to do, like, a 23andMe and whatnot just to see if I might be related to this woman. I know. I've always, I want to do one of those yeah, really so bad. Yeah, so do I. So do I. What a case. Isn't that nuts? So she did die. I just was like, that, that can't be right. She died in childbirth. Some sources say they don't know how she died, but many more said that she died in childbirth, which, I mean, seems very, very likely. Yeah, I'm you sure know, many the people time. did. So she was having her fourth child. And and passed away in 1665. So wow. Well, thank you, Amber. Yes, for, for this. this suggestion. It was a lot of fun. You know, there's not a ton of of available sources on it. Mm-hmm. I will mention that a woman named Mary Hooper wrote a book called News from the Dead, and she she like really stole that I don't want to say stole but she just used the same title from that one pamphlet that I was telling you about that was called news from the dead that was trying to make her like out into this she is not a prophet she this is you can't even trust women yep in death and so Mary Hooper she wrote a fictitious book based on this true story if that makes sense. Yes. So yes. when you read it, the beginning of it is Mary waking up in the co- Mary, excuse me, and waking up in the coffin and it's her internal thoughts of like how did I get here? Oh. And then re- and then it tells the story through her memories about how she ended up, you know, raped and and then pregnant delivering unexpectedly babies. So that's what the the book is, but it's not based in fact in that we do not know what uh, Anne didn't have interviews. Like we don't know right, right. what Anne was thinking at the time, what she might have necessarily so said about it, other than what was in the trials and in those pamphlets. So it's kind of like an assumption of what maybe could have yeah, happened. Yes, she creates okay. like this story from Anne's perspective of how she must have been feeling. Yeah. So that part's not factual, but the the details of the case, her story is it's, factual. This, oh. yeah, really did happen. So it's an interesting read. It's easy. It's like two hundred and some pages. That would be um, that would be interesting to yeah. read. Yeah, and and she did a lot of historical research so that you could learn about what was going on legally at the time of the 1600s and whatnot. So, you know, it is it is very um, interesting that way. So it's like base, it's the whole based on a true story, but not every detail is necessarily true. Gotcha. That, that happened in it. Yep. Wow. So You I taught us a lot about the uh, revival process of the 1600s. I want to know more. Yeah. Well, I know what, what I'm doing on <laughs> this Friday night. For sure. <laughs> right. 
I, what's in that <laughs> enema? <laughs> I mean, it can bring a woman back from the dead. <laughs> right, right. But yeah, that was incredible. Yeah, isn't that crazy? And don't sign me up for ever going back to the 1600s. <laughs> no, no thank you. never. Not even as a royal do I want to be a part of the 1600s. Oh, absolutely not. Mm-mm. Are you ready for the brain bath? I have been waiting. It beats all brain baths up until this point. We are almost at 100 episodes. We are. No brain bath will rock you <laughs> like okay. the one I'm about to tell you. It will not disappoint. I have not hyped this up too much. If anything, I haven't hyped it up enough. enough. Okay. Okay. Oh, I'm so excited. So I will have at the end of this the the, the, trophy? the fake trophy that doesn't really exist in anywhere but our minds. Okay. I so, you know, I'm I'm about ready to hand it I'm off. I'm that confident that okay. it, it's gonna happen. I'm scared. This I'm is excited. Brand new. Like this was article was like from a week Ooh, ago. Breaking news. Breaking news. Okay. All right. Here's the title. And sorry if you guys read this already. And you're gonna be like, oh, okay. Ohio woman, so not far from us. No. Ohio woman accused of trying to steal a Christmas tree by hiding it in her vagina. No, 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 no. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Now you're like the TikTok. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> um, That's a lot of prickly bits <laughs> in your lady bits. Sure that. is in your prickly bits. And I will, I'm just going to read you this whole article because I could never summarize it well enough. Then it's just, we got to do it justice. All right. Please carry on. A Walmart store in Cincinnati, Ohio, faced one of the strangest shoplifting attempts in history just yesterday, which actually was only like a week ago. A would-be thief lost consciousness while trying to insert... (gasps) A seven-foot-tall plastic Christmas tree in her vaginal cavity. How? Ow. By the way, she's like 5'4". Okay. So, ma'am, where are the other two feet <laughs> going? You have a couple feet that you just, can't hide. Uh-uh. Just hanging out there. According to the police report, 43-year-old Wanda Brown. Oh, Wanda. Oh, Wanda. Took a seven and a half foot slim Yuletide pine Christmas tree. Oh, oh, it's slim. It's slim. Okay, it, I I was getting carried away. Not it's a, fine. Now a full Christmas tree would just be ridiculous. Completely Amber. ridiculous. It's a but slim. This, it's a slim, slim fit. That's fine. Yes, just like Playtex makes those different <laughs> yes. fit tampons. Yeah. Okay. I see fit. no problem here, but no. carry on. She took it with her inside the storm's, excuse me, the store's restroom with the intent of inserting it entirely in her body cavity and steal it. Which I'm sure that in itself um, didn't look suspicious that she's carrying the tree I into wondered the that too. Where the hell are the employees wondering why she's taking a slim Christmas tree into the bathroom with her? <laughs> right. She was found, uh, so unfortunately for her, the pain caused by the insertion was too great, and she lost consciousness before the end of the process. I'm shocked. She was found lying bloodied and senseless on the floor in the middle of the restroom by other customers who immediately called 911. One of the women... (laughs) I don't mean to laugh, but can you imagine walking in on this? No! 
Well, here's the thing. Lucy Myers, one of the women who found Mrs. Brown and called the paramedics, said that she thought the woman had been the victim of an extremely savage aggression. Sure. Clearly, Lucy Myers listens to true crime. For sure. She's like, and something so she's has happened like, here. Yes, there is blood everywhere. She's unconscious. And there is a Christmas tree in her vagina. Someone has brutally harmed this woman. I can't. Here's a quote from Lucy. When I saw her, at least two feet of a huge Christmas tree had been shoved down her genital cavity. I thought that it was the work of a sex maniac. Two two feet? feet. That can't be. No way. Oh, okay. It was a slim. Maybe we, like, scrunched it. Amber, two feet's more than my... I know I have a small torso. Like, my, the length of my torso is the same length from my thumb to my middle fingertip. Literally, I'm doing it right now. Isn't that pathetic? I have the smallest torso ever. It's like an infant. But what you're saying is you're not getting two feet no, of Christmas tree. I mean, I'm showing you right now. But, like, it's not. Ow. Unless part of it was coming out of her I mouth. Just gonna, I was just going to say. I was she, picturing something that I never want to no. picture again. I can't look at the Christmas tree the same. Oh my gosh. Was Wanda on a substance? I there is no mention that I can see. Okay. I'm thinking we're talking cognitive difficulties. Cognitive or Perhaps, were we manic? Were yeah. we were we Perhaps. on the crack? We had I to don't know. please tell me she was on something. I really hope she was actually. Besides just a wing and a prayer that this would work. Unless to, she was just trying to get a tree home to the kids. How bad did she need a Christmas tree? Why? Like, like, I some will people buy you don't one. even put them up. Like, right? like, it's, do a Charlie Brown tree. Yeah. Like I will get I will buy Wanda a Christmas tree. Paint one on your wall. Yeah, there you go. It saves your vagina. Absolutely. Save a vagina. Paint the Christmas tree on the wall. How's Wanda's vagina now? Do we I, know? Well, I'm going to get to that. Oh, I'm glad yeah. they did follow up because I am concerned. We do. We do. Officers of the Cincinnati Police Department were rapidly dispatched on site expecting a manhunt for a sexual offender. Yeah. Rightfully so. Like, where is this man? According to the CPD spokesperson, Captain Terrell Harris, the officers were in disbelief when they saw the footage of the security cameras and understood that the woman's wounds were self-inflicting during an ill-conceived criminal plan. When we saw her go into the restroom with the tree and noticed that no one else entered before the witness who called us, we understood and instantly felt nauseous. This is the dumbest crime I've ever seen. Oh, hands down. Yes, So Wanda Brown was transported to the University of Cincinnati Medical Center, where doctors still consider her condition critical but stable, and they no longer fear for her life. She almost died. Yeah, she was critical. She was in critical condition. I bet. Do not shove fake plastic trees in any orifice. She must have really tried hard to get that tree up there. She suffered from severe lacerations, necessitating over 375 stitches, And lost more than two liters of blood. Oh, my god! Like, picture a two liter of Coke. She lost more <laughs> than that. I cannot imagine just the trauma in itself of walking into the Walmart bathroom. I'm picturing, like, ass over elbows. And yeah. And a, tr- a lot of pine needles everywhere. Just everywhere. Lots of, like we said, prickly bits. And I don't know if it was flocked. So do we add the complication of the flocking? No, no, we cannot handle. 
<laughs> flocking to. It no. would soften the prickles. You know, it would probably cause some infection. Absolutely. Well, now she's got 375 stitches. I'm assuming inside and out. Oh, my like, gosh. Now, here's the thing. She has, at the time this article was written, she hadn't regained consciousness yet, but the doctors expected her to do so within a few days. You guys, she shoved this thing so far up there. She had to, we have to be talking about a cognitive impairment here. I would think to so. To the point where she passes out four days from the pain. Like she, well, and loss of blood is, you know, attributing to her loss of consciousness as well. But Mrs. Brown, Ms. Brown, excuse me, has a long criminal record, including several larceny charges, as well as other crimes like possession of counterfeit documents and even impersonating a police officer, which I would love to see. (laughs) I would like that too. And unfortunately now she will face Two new charges of larceny and indecent exposure. Mm. I love that that's mm-hmm. an indecent exposure. What about indecent treatment of an artificial object? Right? This is the poor Christmas tree. Oh my gosh. Now, her lawyer has demanded a psychiatric evaluation to determine if she is fit to stand trial, rightfully so. Sure. I think that's fair. Sure. The evaluation is set to take place after she regains consciousness, which I love that they had to put that in there. Just so you all know, <laughs> she's going to have her psychiatric evaluation after she regains consciousness, not before. Not before. I'm really glad that they did Thank clarify that. Thank you for that. including that in the article. Oh, wow. And after she recovers from her many injuries, which means her trial won't likely take place before February or March of 2022. Oh, Wanda. I bet Wanda was on a first name basis with the law. Yeah, I'm sure when they arrived, they were like, oh, it's Wanda Wanda again. This time, a a little more to the extreme. I wonder if her larceny habit had been including her body orifices in the past. Maybe. I'm wondering if this just wasn't her first time. And so she was like, basically like a Houdini thing where each one gets more and more exaggerated of like, oh, I can do this. I can survive this. It could be, you know, I, I worked in residential and I have seen cases where, especially like if there was sexual abuse and that like insertion was mm-hmm. a thing, mm-hmm. never to this level, no. but it's like there was a, a component there. Um, so maybe, I mean, we're, di- I'm digging in deeply to this. Seven but and a like, half foot slim mm. y- yuletide pine Christmas tree. It doesn't say flocked. I feel like the reporter would have added flocked if that I, was a detail. I'm going to have faith that they would have, mm-hmm. so we'll we'll just assume it wasn't. Well, considering they also felt it necessary to inform us that her psychiatric evaluation will take place after she regains right. consciousness. We're very thorough here. I, I'm confident in this reporter, so it yeah. probably wasn't flocked. Uh, probably a good thing, because that flock is messy, and yep. it gets everywhere. Yep, I don't... So. Kind of like her two liters of blood that she lost in this process. <laughs> right. yeah. Well, my friend, I take the invisible trophy. Thank you. I, I don't know. I'm like assuming I had it already. So I I've, think, I yeah, had it. that's fair to say. Um, and I'm going to hand it over mm-hmm. to you because you definitely took the cake with this I did. one. I took the tree with this one, didn't I? Uh, could it be, can we picture it as like a little Christmas tree that's just it handed back and forth? It would only be appropriate. I am now going to find us a fake one like at the dollar store and it will be forever be passed back and forth. And we will always so, think of 
Wanda's vagina. Miss, Miss Brown. Wanda was one of my grandma's names, too, by the way. So I won't forget this. Oh, my gosh. Oh, I will never forget this. Yeah. Good and luck. now. Good luck finding one I to was just going to say, it is my life's mission <laughs> to find something else. You guys, help Amber out. Send Crime Curious <laughs> <Yes>. at yahoo.com. <laughs> I, I am a firm believer that just when you think it, that you've heard it all. Right. So there will be we more. We will find something. I'm also highly competitive, even I though I like suck at I love sports it. and stuff. Like I still want to win. So yep. game on. Game on. Game on. Here it is. And I will find us a little trophy Christmas tree thing to pass back and forth for epic brain baths. I love it. It's our new our new thing. I also want to mention that Captain Terrell, who was speaking on, on behalf of the Cincinnati Police Department, looks like he could be related to Samuel L. Jackson. Oh, let me see and him. And I'm, I'm here for it. Oh, my Does God. he? I, I love that, and I love the look on his face. It's like a... Yeah, we don't yeah. know what the fuck happened. Right. Like, yeah, we're really doing a press conference about a woman in a Walmart, which of course it's a Walmart bathroom. Yeah. That oh, shoved. God. I hope it wasn't two feet that she got up there, but that was directly quoted from the woman who found her, Lucy Myers. Two feet seems like a lot, but it does. Who am I to say? I didn't stumble upon the scene. I mean, from the sounds mm. of it, like mm. with the blood loss, she mm-hmm. probably it did some damage. Got quite a bit of it mm-hmm. up there. Mm-hmm. Maybe some need like branches like bent to allow more. Yeah, yeah. Like a push. Whoop. Yeah, instead of fluffing it up, we've right? Fluffed we've it down. fluffed it down. Maybe. Yeah. Oh yeah. God. Do you think that she went from top of the tree first and not from <laughs> bottom? Let's think about this because the bottom is just like oh about a half a foot oh, of oh, um, uh, like the. Thingy. Metal, uh, yes, yeah, the the metal pole that the whole tree is oh built my God, around. I never thought about that. Maybe that's what she tried Did to do. Did she go first. that way first, and then of course the the needle or the branches are going like opposite up. It makes oh my bits oh. hurt. I don't know about anybody else, but I'm ready to have my vagina sewed. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. <laughs> I am good. Let's just oh. sew that shut so Ow. nothing can happen on Ow. accident. Like just the like the thought of oh my gosh, yep. Wanda. That's Wanda. the only detail that we don't know. What end first? Let's. So I'm going to pose the question to you. If you were in this situation, what end are you going mm. first? Mm. I hands down, I'm going to go top of the tree. Me too. And just slowly work your way up. Right. To the larger portion of the tree. I would mm-hmm. probably, like, you could get some of the tree mm-hmm. and maybe, like, if there was a way to just take the top part. Yeah. And le- and walk out yeah. with just the top part in there. Um, it, Hand carry the rest. I don't know. Hand like, carry the rest. I'm carrying, you know, like, my part, my tree's a three-part. So oh, I true. have, like, the top tier. Yeah, this one almost sounds like it was completely whole. So, Probably because it was a slim oh, one. Oh, yeah, I keep forgetting it's a slim. Well, she may have taken the display, just carrying mm. the display. There's so. no mention of a box or anything like like. Did she I carry hope the she box? She did just grab that it. Just like this one's coming home with yep, me. You're coming home with mana, Mama. Let's start a GoFundMe for Wanda to get a tree. Wow, seriously, Dear God. <laughs> so there's that. There is my brain bath. I hope you enjoyed that. Oh I wow, think. poor you, Wanda. The the invisible trophy. Well, soon to be Christmas tree. Yep, it shall be yours. Thank you. Thank you. All right, guys. 
please follow us on social media. Yes, please, after that. <laughs> please still follow right, us. Right, Please don't hate us. And send case suggestions or... Or brain, 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 brain baths to me yes, privately. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I can win this. So crimecurious.com um, headline for Amber's eyes only. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but seriously, guys, thanks for listening. We hope you keep it curious and keep coming back to us. Merry Christmas. Yes. Merry Christmas. <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye. <laughs>